0: Hi everyone, this is Stan, and I'm joined here on this lovely Sunday at Casa de Will Evans by Will. Hello. Tom. Good afternoon. And Jonathan. Thank you, hello. We're going to be recording two pods today and releasing them in two different parts. The first part's going to be about the, the big news. John Steele is, is the manager, Martin Allen's left to go to Chesterfield. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you, Will, because you love John Steele, and he's taking a bit of flack. So it's up to you to really get the troops up and running.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit... I was surprised by how muted the reaction was to John still getting appointed. You know, from my memory as a Barnet fan, you know he took us to two playoff playoff semi finals in his time in charge. Brought in a lot of talented players, um, and then since he's left Barnet, you know he's won promotion with well more than one promotion with Dagenham and Redbridge. Took them up to League One. First time of asking. Looked at Luke now at the conference. I believe he's previously won uh, won the conference in his early years at I think it's Maidstone United. Mm. Um, so I can't see what there is to argue with. I mean, he's known for bringing in non league gems, you know, sort of polishing them and selling them on for, for more money. I think the big gripe that a lot of Barnet fans have is his style of football from when he previously played for us. But you know, is it
0: better or worse than Martin Allen's style of football?
1: Well, this is the thing. I think, I think it's very comparable. I think that what happened was, in the sort of late 90s, Barnet fans, we have been quite spoiled by you know, the, the great football of Barry Fry in the you know, 80s and early 90s. And then Ray Clements' team played nice football, okay, Alan Mullery, less so. But then when John Still came in, it seemed very direct and kind of brutal. Whereas, actually, if you look back now with what we've been served up over the last... 20 years or so, um, 10 years or so, I guess. Um, it's been pretty, you know, it, it probably seems pretty comparable to like the Mark mm-hmm. Allen style.
2: Style of play only ever really gets mentioned when you've got nothing to talk about, doesn't it? I.e., if you are plodding along in mid table, it's very easy to go, oh, the style of play is rubbish. I could put up with being mid table if we we're at least playing, you know, nice football. If you win promotion, no one will complain about the style of football. If you go down, everyone will complain about the style of football. So as long as he wins promotion next season, no one will care
0: we're I mean, talking about going down Jonathan <laughs>
3: that's a big <laughs> <thing. laughs> um, yeah it wasn't great was it, <laughs> it was, uh, I'll tell you what I was thinking about this during the week thinking about what I'm going to say in this pod and I genuinely feel the fact that we actually came so close to staying up made it just that little little bit worse it hurt a lot more because I think everyone was so resigned to the fact that we are going down and everyone had accepted it and, started to plan for the future and whatever else and then Martin's come in and he instilled some huge belief that we're actually going to do this and as I mentioned to our group chat after the uh, final game of the season it was a sort of party atmosphere going into the game everyone's thinking oh we're going to be charging onto the pitch of the final whistle celebrating the fact that we've stayed up and it's almost as if everyone's forgotten that there's another game going on elsewhere and the mood around the place after it I mean there was fans in tears after the game outside the stadium and it was a very dejected feel I I got, <laughs> I got around the place um, and I, it took a while for me to go over it to be honest, I, I, I had genuine belief that we were going to stay up, um, yeah it's tough to take. To counterpoint that,
0: I was convinced we were going down from before Christmas as you guys all know and um, towards the end I was really conflicted because I was starting to panic that I'd been panning us as going down this entire time well I think I called you like crazy or something on the pod just before and then we were going to it was looking like we were going to stay up so I was thinking this doesn't look good for me this doesn't look good for me then we got relegated and I thought no this also isn't good for me so it was a lose-lose situation (laughs) (laughs) and I thought I was in a nice little win-win so you've touched on the fans being a bit underwhelmed because his style of play wasn't great which is fair enough it was successful though he's had success since you're really happy he's staying is it purely because of the success, or is there anything else that you think he brings to the table in terms of like you know structures been missing at the club and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I think he is the final nail in the coffin of the director of football model.
0: Don't do, don't do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, we we know it. it's the statement that came out when he was appointed manager. You know, he said that he had complete control over the footballing side of things. So well, I think we're going to see him bring in his own backroom staff, which. I would imagine based on the way still's worked previously it'll be a bit more expansive than the than the master I'm just working with yeah, well, no one or one assistant manager. Yeah, you could just work with two players. <laughs> if
2: Liverpool whatever. had the boot room, then Martin Allen had the kitchen cupboard, didn't they? Nobody <laughs> <like, laughs> in there was there, apart from from wit and uh, and desperately racked Brain because I've forgotten bloke's name, uh, Carl Muggleson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, after that, everyone else was expendable, really, weren't <clears> they? Um, a few of the Dagenham staff have left as well, haven't they? I saw Micah Hyde, Darren Curry. And a few others whose he names I forget. Might Hyde
0: played for us. Or was that different guy? Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and Watford, far think. better for Watford than he was for Barnet, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, that kind of time of underinvestment in the late Underhill <laughs> years. He was in. He was in. I don't. I don't remember him being dire, but he certainly wasn't good. Darren Curry, on the other hand, you know, legend. really club legend, and the uh, it'd be great if they're if they're reunited. So John Still's manager now. Does he recruit players well? Is there anything else that he brings to the table? Not just
0: as a football manager or as a coach, but. In this pseudo replacement of a director of football role?
1: Yeah, I think he's probably the master of lower league recruitment. Uh, his record at bringing through players from often way down the non league pyramid is is unmatched, as far as I'm aware. He's got a scout, Alan Daffron, I think he's called. He used to work with him when Barnet were.
2: Tom, can you look sharp? Where have you pulled that out from? <laughs> wow, great knowledge, great insight. Yeah,
1: keep going, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think he worked with him. When he was first at Barnet, and he certainly worked with him at Dagenham and he's very good at sort of going out and digging out these, Mm. you know, these players that
2: he knows the non league scene. I mean, I know we're in the non league scene now, but the real non league scene very well. I remember they signed um, Dagger and Redbridge last season, a striker called Christian Osson who is Britt's older brother, and not as good, obviously, not playing in the championship and not worth 15 million pounds. But he bought him to Dagenham from Waltham Abbey and evidently, you know, he gets kind of stuck into the local non league area, so it wouldn't surprise me if we, you know, he starts getting his people to watch Hendon and Wingate game Finchley and so on and see if there's anyone there to pick up because it's got to be a bit better way of recruiting players than signing Sean Bat
0: from <laughs> the Football League on, on crazy money. The Martin Allen method. Ex- as
2: it's better than Jonathan,
0: know. did you have any like correspondence or any, any influence with the Football Club when John Stills was there the first time round? Uh, no, it's not You're in my watch, fine. A, no, no. You, fine. <laughs> you just keep letting Will talk.
3: No this is really <laughs> If at any point you have something you want to
0: say, just give me a kick
3: in What I say about the the, the people play, it, if they complain about John Steele's style of football before, I mean, they don't really have much of a leg to stand on because you're not really going to play that much of an attractive football at the conference level, are you?
0: Well, didn't we win. By the time we won it with Martin Allen last time around, mm. We were still... I think there was still quite a lot of influence from Edgar Davids. But Rio was still with us the season we got promoted. Yeah, yeah? Was, yeah. There was still that influence. and I, I actually really liked that period of time, actually. I found um, the the middle slash end, personally, of the Edgar Davids era, I thought it was really boring because it was that, like the... Um, what's the name of it? The Spanish had it. Tiki Taka. No, 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 no. Um, the ster- the sterile method, where they keep the ball and they pass it around so you don't have the ball. And they... Oh, I have to check this at some point possession football. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they have a name for it basically where they just like they send
2: you to sleep because they keep the ball and they just pass is that it. not tiki taka? because people say it's a positive thing and actually it's like possession no there's an actual name for it there's an actual no, name no, no.
0: Pep Guardiola himself got a lot of criticism because there was a method of like they keep the ball but sterile possession no. it's like they keep the ball they're not trying to hurt, hurt you but they're just keeping
1: the ball and passing it around you're right that's very much what the end of the Davids era was like wasn't yeah
0: right? and then Martin mm. Allen came in and then before we went full Martin mm. Allen we had this period in the middle that I really enjoyed, where we were like actually playing good passes. The first
2: half of the conference season, they played some really nice stuff. Yeah. didn't they? I remember I always always stick out in my mind because it was the first game of that season. But Chester away, five you known in the sun. They played some real, well against ten men, admittedly, for a child. <laughs> of a, they played some beautiful stuff in my mind. Andy Yadon's opener that day was Carlos Alberto in the 1970 World Cup. The, the move against Italy where they just pop, 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 and here's Yids popping up on the right to smash it in and play the. Race of one of Brazil's great right backs potentially might be a bit of a reach but people tarnish Mayan Allen with the long ball tag and the direct tag and what have you he's perfectly capable of coaching a team to play uh, better football and that would be the case for John Steele I'm sure it's horses for courses who you're playing against what's the pitch like do you need the result, grind it out by any means, can you play with a bit more of a flourish? And I'm sure it's not gonna be you know well, I say. Counterpoint to that though, with Martin Allen by the by the, by the end it was explicitly and <laughs> uh, of uh, only direct, I would have said yeah, but you know. Yeah. It still worked though. It worked.
0: Yeah. We're in the just outside the playoffs when he left us weren't we so, so that was an odd season that's that's revisionism it? it's finest though isn't it everyone talks well, about just that. outside the playoffs and stuff like that but realistically <laughs> that season was like 7 points Will and I were talking you. about
2: this before you guys came up it wasn't that many weeks earlier that they got walloped by Exeter at home and there was yeah. real concern Exeter being in bottom 2 at that
3: point I think there was yeah. real concern yeah. and I remember the following week he changed the whole team uh, formation and everything it went away to Wickham and 1-2-0 Wickham it. were Doing well that time, there. time yeah. out, so. and that kick started the great run he had before he left.
0: Yeah. It would have been interesting to know how many points we had when he left compared to the same number of points this season mm. or the same time this season. And re- do a bit of relative analysis because don't get me wrong, it was a good season and we were on the verge of the playoffs. But it, it's revisionism when everyone talks about how close we were, because the whole league was close. You know, it wasn't it wasn't quite the uh the normal season we used to in need to. Um, well, I'm going to go back to you again. We keep talking about John Steele. Yeah, um, we keep talking about John Steele. So, we've kind of addressed his style of play. You've said he's really good at recruiting players, which actually, I think, for me is the most encouraging thing. I'm not going to lie. Do you think that there's anything else that he's going to bring? I'm thinking maybe even long term, because his contract was three years, two, two years. years. Thank you. <laughs> um, two years. After he leaves in two years Is he going to leave A nice squad What does he tend to do At the end of that Or will he stay on I think he said It's his last contract
1: I'm not even sure Yeah I mean I think he said that Dagenham would have been His last This would have been His last year He's had a a Couple of health problems Nothing major I don't think But it kept him out For a few games last season And he's 68 But As it turned out Obviously You don't really want to Leave on a sour note And the way that His squad's been dismantled there Probably isn't great So he wants one more go And it's a two year deal I wouldn't anticipate you'll see him go on beyond seventy. That be kind of that wouldn't be typical. So, and I, in a lot of ways, I wonder if that's why some fans aren't that excited by this because supporters in general like to believe that you're you're building something for the future. That's why everyone loves a young up and coming manager that mm. comes in like the Cowley brothers or yeah, you know, these kind of more dynamic figures because they think that it's going towards something. If you know a manager only going to be there for two years, maybe that kind of diminishes the excitement somewhat. But I think you've got to be practical. There's, that's two years. That's the two years we've got parachute payments from the EFL. We've got to be getting back into the football league in that time. And he's probably the man to do it. After that, I mean, I guess you can kind of reassess when you're back in League Two. Um, potentially there could be you know, Darren Curry maybe being groomed into becoming like the, the replacement. You, know, you could see something like that. A bit like the way Martin Allen worked under Peter Shreves originally to kind of learn his trade as assistant. Um, maybe we'll see something else like that. I don't know, but I don't think it really matters as long as you get up in the first couple of years.
3: as long as we keep John still for those two years, assuming that he is <coughs> he is leaving after those two years, you could, in theory, have him. We know he's going to do a good job, and he's probably, if not Martin Allen, he's the next best thing in getting you up into the t- into the football league again. You could use those two years as a good sort of time frame to do some proper scouting. If you're not Moving someone upwards was from within. Do some proper scouting and learn which managers will be the ideal ones to bring in after him um, in that style of play. It might actually be a way of steadying the ship a little bit uh, compared to last season. We have yeah, four
0: that's managers. that's my touch. That's what I'm asking this question, really. In in let's say you know it's, this is two years. It's that's it. He's not he's not going to stay. He's not gonna be tempted to stay. I don't know anything about John still. Is he the sort of manager who will leave something nice in two years' time, or is it going to be? You know, the the fans' nightmare of a manager who knows only staying for two years will do everything that he wants to do for two years, you know, sign a load of thirty one year old players, for example, who are gonna win the league and then two years' time next manager's got a complete rebuild, or is it gonna be two years time, um, a player you know, he's gonna buy players now at twenty four, for example,
3: get ourselves up and then they'll be twenty six year olds and ready for league two. That's that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Didn't do an alright
1: job at Luton, didn't he? I don't think he left, I don't think Nathan Jones had to change too much when he came in, did he? So, I mean He's he's never been someone Who's GM I mean obviously Every manager mixes Experience with with youth But The fact that he's always Trying to pick up young players That can make a profit For the club further on You struggle to see A situation where It's going to be a squad Pack full of 35 year olds When he leaves You'd think that They'd be players Who've got the potential To move on afterwards Or to push the club forward
2: just your earlier question and this is why I've been quiet when Beaver and beavering soccer base how many points did Martin Allen leave us with he left us with 27 points in 16-17 the same point last season we had 17 points so we we're down 9 points
0: 10 10 sorry 27 I'm not, I need to start listening no, no, no. it makes my life difficult I was already thinking of my follow up stats that would be the position above and below how many points do they have do you want to do that for me Oh, not especially <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. but there you are I was trying to in my head I'm trying to forget that gap um, so John Still uh, I'm kind of going to wrap up on him because he's the future now we've covered his scouting so that what he's going to look to do in the future well you're really hyped and it sounds like from what you're saying if he comes as advertised by the Will Evans package then he's going to sign well scouted players who are going to stand the club in good stead um, and he's going to manage us well I think irrespective of what you know or don't know about him, if you just do a quick Google search, he does have the credentials at this this level. So the final thing, uh, and Tom, you touched on this before, what has to change at The Hive to allow him to be successful? I think he needs to
2: actually be, and this is the only thing as far as I'm concerned, and it's an enormous one, he actually needs to be allowed to get on with the job. Martin Allen talked in the big press conference he did before the Chesterfield game about how great he is at Barnett because the chairman you know, leaves me alone we never speak to each other I can do what I want that might be the case with Martin Allen we know for a fact it's not that been the case with every manager that has been at The Hive or Underhill in recent memory John Steele you kind of think kind of this kind of statesman like figure like Martin Allen who will come in and say I want this, I want that these are my terms do it, or there's going to be problems. I think he has the respect, the experience, and the kind of aura to go in and do as he pleases, basically to get things on track. And he has been given the mandate, hasn't he, from you know the statement to do exactly that. So if he is allowed to have autonomy over the football matters, and he doesn't have people whispering to the chairman, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. He'll, you know, more pertinently, he should be doing this, he should be doing that. Have this player, this player's great etc then I think he's got the environment to thrive in it's a big if but the signs are he's actually going to be given
0: that which is imperative I mean just to touch on what you said Will the fact that uh, John Steele seems to do so much of his own scouting does seem to protect a little bit from where potentially Martin Allen in my opinion has a weakness and the chairman seems to tinker a bit so hopefully, if John still takes care of that, that might improve things by itself. The funny thing about Martin Allen was he used to do all his ice scouting, didn't he? The amount of phone calls I had from him where he'd be
2: he'd be barrelling up the M1 or whatever to you know or along the M40 quite a lot going to Oxford, didn't he? Because it was near to his house. Um, that's not a slight on him,
0: but it was easy with work. I don't think you'd ever say a slu- slight.
2: No, ones I now. wouldn't don't that's it. Yeah. Um, but no, he was always going to games, and they'd always be, you know, him and his staff. And we laughed that there was quite a small staff, but there was enough of them in the end that they would be divvying up local non league games to go to in the week and what have you when it didn't clash with Barnett. So I think he did his own scouting. It's just that more often than not, I think he probably, he probably overlooked what he and his staff had seen and went, That's Sean Batt. Scored a hat trick against my Layton Orient, uh, my Gillingham team a few years ago for Leyton Orient get that boy in and then it went badly I'm, I'm going to have to disagree I said, well,
3: space he,
1: did his
2: he didn't necessarily act on it. that's my point that's I'm not I'm, point. I would
1: I don't want to comment
2: and also sorry actually I should add because I think I know what you're going to say and I just want to make sure that I cover everything he also listened to a lot of people. He had a lot of mates in the game, didn't he? He would ring him up. Especially Leicester, I think that's fair to say, isn't it? He? he had a lot of Leicester mates that would ring him up and
3: go, Ali oh, Cissé so. he's a boy, and then he'd be crap. So. I, don't, I remember him saying he would never speak to Samantha Dice again after he recommended Spiegel. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Look, I'm not going to make uh, any sort of judgment on how much Scouting Mars does because I don't follow him around day to
0: day well
1: that's a nice try Tom but um, what I would say is that I think Tom's Tom's hit upon it there Martin's strength was potentially also his weakness in the sense that he had a lot of friends in the game he's incredibly well connected and that gave Barnett access to sometimes really good players I mean you look at Josh Clark and he was due to the Brentford connection that was a great deal for the club where we only I think we only paid his wages if he didn't play, so you yeah, know. So it's a really, really good um, good knowledge. Yeah, as, as far as I'm yeah, aware. We signed
3: Josh Clark just after Barnet reserves played Brentford B or whatever it was. How could you
2: forget the, the most talked about B team <laughs> game ever? The two best players were <laughs> Josh Clark and Sam Muggleton, without fail. Every time you mentioned Josh Clark, <laughs> sorry.
1: No, I just think that yeah, that's great because it gave us access to good plays But also, if, when you're relying on what your contacts are saying, there's always the risk that that it doesn't pay off and I think with Ali Cissé Ryan Watson you know we've probably seen examples of that oh, Sean Batt being <laughs> perhaps the basically, ultimate example basically he needs to
0: delete the contact from Leicester whoever's in his phone because Ali, Ali Cissé and Ryan Watson both came from Leicester I believe right. Right? Yeah. yeah so whoever that was delete that number I mean Cisse was good for a bit wasn't he but a bit being not a big. I don't bit. even remember
2: honestly don't there was a period was when he played DM that he was defensive field that he was quite good he wasn't so hot as a, a centre half was he
1: I don't remember no I don't <laughs> agree you. I always thought he was fine and he came with good pedigree he was mm. the captain of the Leicester reserve team I think um, I believe he played international football, football I can't remember who it was I've got to be honest Sierra Leone I think <sighs> okay um, were you the press officer at the time
2: yeah Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he
0: signed him I said goodbye to him <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, the only, that's the only that's the sort of thing you would only remember if you wrote the Sierra Leone International I'm and well, when I what would have wrote those words I said
1: I, I do remember, now that I've been reminded I do remember it but um, <laughs> the um, yeah he was okay obviously so it's just that um, I think maybe his fitness didn't always match up to the required standards to the, even if his ability did perhaps
3: I actually always liked an so I do remember someone telling me that Martin Allen he went in signed more players that he scouted himself in the in the conference compared to when in League 2 he didn't have so much time to go and watch as many games as possible I also do remember when we signed John Akinde Martin Allen scouted him by doing punditry for BT Sport that's right uh, African game good Hyundai. point um, just, I don't know if he was purposely scouting I think he just saw this guy's alright
2: he did say this didn't he once I can't remember what game it was with BT asked him to no sorry tell a lie better than that there was a BT game on and he had been on BT in the not too distant past and we were playing that team I want to say Wrexham but I don't think it was and he ran him up and said oh do you want me to be in the studio for that game and lo and behold he was <laughs> so got so much the game and scout the barnet it's a
0: clever man shrewd
2: yeah exactly got, you know, clever, think, clever man. think smart
0: that's good actually um, work smart not hard that's what I actually meant <laughs> yeah Jonathan, do you have anything you wanted to add on Ali Cissé or uh, anything else? Ryan no. Watson kind of came up. I don't I don't, don't want to do that. It's the past now. right? Has Ryan Watson signed for anyone do we know? No. I thought he was did, still Barnett. But... Didn't Ali, <laughs> Ali Cissé have <laughs> I mean
2: he is for another 27 days or something. But uh, Didn't Ali Cissé actually
0: go to Scandinavia?
2: He Who
3: did, did, did yeah. 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 I actually really liked Ali Cissé to be fair. I thought he was a, whole, a good, decent holding midfielder. Um, I just think he was I don't know if he somewhat unprofessional off the pitch at the times, but um. he's only twenty-three as well, isn't he? You can, can see because he's, he's got the physical attributes. This is a lot of Alexis
2: Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for a podcast about last season. <laughs> this <laughs> what happens when we're not like separated by miles. <laughs>
0: yeah, he
2: um, he's got all the physical attributes. He's only twenty-three, which I didn't realise. He's playing for I.K. Fridge I'm sure I pronounced that wrong and they play in the Swedish uh, second division I believe Swedish second tier yeah. for a great countries. Countries. oh no I think they're in
3: the top league because they won the relegation playoff sorry for anyone wondering why we always bang on about how our podcasts are never short, this is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> because Staffy doesn't edit all this. <laughs> I
0: was actually, but this is, this is the, the roots of the podcast, isn't it? It was we used to meet up and have this discussion that meandered everywhere. we were like, some person other than my mum and your, <laughs> your, your families might want to listen to this.
1: I feel like we should get this back on track yeah. away from Ali Season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, actually, I think we'll call it a little break there, and we'll come back after the break and talk about Martin Allen's stint properly, not just the Ali say years.
2: Thanks for listening to the Officers Club podcast. Remember, this summer we'll be bringing you exclusive interviews with former players, staff members, and people involved with Barnet Football Club. To get all those episodes, subscribe via iTunes, Acast, or SoundCloud. Alternatively, visit our website www.officersclubpod.com.
0: Okay, welcome back. Um, Jonathan, Martin Allen has left and gone to Chesterfield.
3: He has. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a much surprise him leaving. I, the way he was talking to me after the. Chesterfield game at the end of the season I was leaning towards the side of he's talking as if he's going to stay on um, but what is this the fifth sixth time he's left Barnett now can you really be so surprised by it um, and further along with that the, the players that have since signed for Chesterfield as well with Nelson and Weston and what have you it's, it's somewhat predictable um, a little bit surprised he's gone to a team in the same league though uh, in Chesterfield, and I think it'll, I'm looking forward to next season. And thinking there'll be a straight fight between us and Chesterfield at the top. Wasn't he odds on at one point to join Chesterfield beforehand? Yeah, there was a lot of rumours. I, I, I genuinely, I I sort of sniggered to myself actually because he, as I was leaving the game, I was um, I was packing up all my equipment, and there was still the BBC. Uh, Chesterfield, lot like they were still doing their coverage, and they had fans ringing in, and they were saying, "Who do you want in charge next season?" And I could overhear it, and the way they were talking in response to an, uh, uh, an answer to a question was as if the fan on the phone had just said Martin Allen, and I just thought, "Seriously?" And he was like, "Yeah." Well, on the on today's evidence, watching how Barnett tore apart Chesterfield, they were saying he think he'd they'd be the he'd be the perfect choice for them, um, and I sort of scoffed at it a little bit, thinking nah he's going to be a Barnett for sure, but. I can't really say I'm too surprised that Fanny's leaving though, kinda. Gutted by it. Really excited about it <laughs> um, I was gonna say talk of gutted, Tom.
0: Take deep breaths. If you need to you can hold Will's hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because that eight weeks gave a nice little hint it could be louder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, a little kind of indicator of what he might have been able to do next season. Um but it's like an air of resignation just very old, isn't there? It's just so inevitable as soon as you get your hopes up they're crushed in life aren't they so as soon as he was handling the contract stuff you're like he's staying, he's staying. and he's not stayed, has he so it's a shame but I'm a lot more positive than I would have otherwise been had we just lost him and appointed some rogue from you know the middle of nowhere from Tico's little black book uh, the fact that we've got proper manager in is um is the best kind of hangover cure, I think, for losing Martin. So, broadly, in summary, before we get too in depth, it's not the end of the world. Okay. And he'll be back, won't he?
1: Well. am <laughs> I'm, I'm not disappointed at all, to be honest with you, you. No, not really. No, I'll give you a bit. Right, slightly controversial. Here we go. Okay. So, Tom, kind of, you you said it right away there that it, it it's all because we're looking back in hindsight. So, if some. Terrible managerial appointment had been had been chosen. Then suddenly you'd be looking at it, going, "Oh God, you know that's no. a disaster that we've lost Martin Allen." As it is, I think we've upgraded to a better version um, with a with a better record. I mean, there's more promotions on his CV. Mm-hmm. Um, not certainly more, more certainly not. more promotions at this level. Um, and I just think that Marcel has got a real weakness with recruitment and I think that, that that weakness has been getting worse and worse year on year and I think you could see it when we put together a squad to win the conference that was fine he put together a really good team by the time you were getting to his final full sort of season at the Hive some of the players that came in really weren't that impressive went to Eastleigh just looked at his little black book essentially and just went, okay, well he I, I know him, I know him, I know him they came into the club and, and flopped really as a, you know, as a team overall and now you're kind of seeing the same thing at Chesterfield, I mean, you know, Nelson Weston, it's just, mm. it's, it's such uninventive recruitment and I'm just, I just wonder if we've, I'm, I might be made to eat my words here if, Chil- if, if um, Chesterfield romped the conference title but I wonder if we've seen the best at Martin Allen's recruitment and now we're in a better place with John Still taking over Ireland
2: I think the thing with Martin Allen is he's quite good at coming in and clearing the decks and saying, right, everybody out. Apart from these little handful of players, I'm bringing all my guys in and going from there. Is when he then has to develop that further, or he's got a pre-existing squad and he can only add a few. That he struggles at Chesterfield, he did. Judging by their uh, their released and retain list, he pretty much got rid of everybody, didn't he? Apart from a handful, Sold the top scorer. I saw he Christian Dennis went to Knox County the other day, and he's been given the mandate to build an entirely new squad. And it was sort of like that in the conference, wasn't it? I think he, you know, there weren't many that he kept and then he signed probably five or six as well probably more than that actually and went from there so um, yeah his recruitment is hit and miss but I think that's the kind of dividing line on uh, on him mm-hmm.
3: did sign some good players on where we went up originally them? oh it right one. yeah so it wasn't all bad under Martin Anderson. no he I did. it's just getting worse
2: he did doing. try and get rid of quite a few of them very quickly though didn't he within yeah. a month Tom Champion was available for loan within a couple of months Gavin Hoyt was available for free transfer, and then fought his way back to the point that he signed him Eastley, which really smacked of you talk about the Eastley recruitment. I know him rather than I think he's good, yeah. which was a bit odd. So in that respect, I think you know it's not, we've not lost too much because he would have probably had to work with a lot of the players that he are still here basically because you can't get rid of thirty odd players in a summer can You
1: you're in the you're in a mess, and you need someone to come in. There's no doubt that the best man going is Martin Allen, right? You want, you've want got a, f- a clean slate and you want mm. to build a team from scratch. I, I'm not saying he's not good at doing it, but I'm not sure that he suddenly remains the best man going. He's mm. just a very good manager at doing that. I think there is better out there and I think we've probably got better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. One, one thing I, I will say in his defence of this summer already, though, Michael Nelson, okay, we might have question marks about his ability on the pitch or his age, but in terms of what he brings to the dressing room, no, there's no criticism at all, right? If you're looking for someone who's going to power a team through a season to get them up, he's like the perfect player you'd want to sign. <clears throat> Curtis Weston, for all the criticism he gets, and I know he gets a lot of criticism... I think around this table we all agree he's a good central midfielder. Mm. Another fantastic influence in the dressing room. So from Martin's perspective, what he's done there is signed two people who are fantastic for a dressing mm. room when you're trying to build a championship-winning team. Definitely. And that's you can't you can't rule that out. That's actually a serious thing to buy. In the same way, you know, some people would go for the glamour and say, "Oh, I want a 20-goal-a-season striker, right?" And that's the guy mm. you go for. Two. I know free transfers is the norm, but two free transfers with people who know how to win and have done it with Martin Allen. You can't understate that. It's not like he's gone and picked up, you know, our equivalent of, you know, Ryan has not been picked up straight away. He's not done the Gavin Hoyt thing. He
3: has, he, um, he has just signed Will Evans.
0: <laughs> 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 he, um,
2: those are the, when he was, went to Eastley and he did the little supermarket sweep of the Hive, um, he did us some favours didn't he apart from Toggs I think you were like mm. okay the rest of them whatever Yeah. Um, but this time it is a bit ah, he quite hard to keep kept them and I think he hit the nail on the head with Nelson he's a great leader isn't he and he probably wouldn't have played every week I don't think he should have played every week next season I think at some point you have to ease him out but uh, he would have been good to have around Curtis he, you know he gets a lot of stick but he would have been very good to have around people say he's not a leader but I think he's a big influence in the dressing yeah, yeah. room and a lot of people gravitate towards him and, at, the and, that, and yeah. in the championship he was sorry, in the championship oh, I wish in the <laughs> National League he was very good last time, wasn't he, in that kind of number yeah. ten role. So I think they're losses, definitely, but they're not so catastrophic that we can't come back. In fact, I don't think there's anyone in the squad that would be such a catastrophic loss we couldn't recover. I mean there's different types of leaders,
0: aren't there? Yeah. Like Curtis Westkin is that sort of he leads by example. Yeah, He's exactly. not gonna go around, you know, shaking people up and motivational mm. speeches, but as a professional trains really hard. Eats well, does the right stuff, mm. and if you're a young professional, you're looking okay, he's not going to give you a pep talk, or not what I know of, but you can look at him and say, Those are the things I should be Yeah,
3: doing. definitely. Really? There was the argument um, going on at, at my club, Sunderland, where obviously we've had two back to back relegations, and they're now thinking it's time to just clear the decks and move on, even from players who are fondly thought of but have been at the club just way too long, such as John O'Shea and Lee Catamal. Uh, great leaders, and pretty much every actually that Nelson and um, Weston have got, but they're saying it's time to move away and start fresh, new era. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Barnett to do that as
1: well.
0: Yeah, I think I you, wanted to go on the Southern route there, but I'm not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you make a good point, but partly in the sense that when you've got a new manager coming in, you want to give them as much of the budget as possible for them to spend Very themselves. Um, I mean, I, I'm personally not sure that Michael Nelson's really a loss at all. I, I think that if you're, so if you're Chesterfield, or maybe you've got a slightly higher budget. I imagine they're going to have a higher budget than Barnet do. Then maybe you can afford to carry someone who's good for the dressing room, but isn't going to play that often. Um, I'm just thinking if we're if we're operating on a slightly reduced budget next year, you need you need a core of players who you know can you can play regularly all the time, like we had last time we won the conference. It's true, and I just think that and, and, uh, Michael Nelson really is aging, and he and. and Started to show a bit. Of I of think it of was sure. starting to show. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 when Martina was doing his, uh, one of his early interviews with the Chesterfield website, he talked about how Nelson came a in and he was outstanding. Uh, and I think there's an, uh, there's an element of truth in that. But there's also a little bit of rewriting the truth as well because there were games like, I mean, the Grimsby game. Insane, you know, he insane. made the mistake that Cost us the win there And that If we'd won that game We would have stayed up So I mean I know you can't I know that's I know that's <laughs> I was, That was the moment He cost us <laughs> but, but you know
0: Michael Nelson Gets Barnett relegated Says Will Evans Well I'm just saying That you know Like you can't
1: uh, He was Probably better Than the other Alternatives For leading them, for, for kind of Pulling the defence Together a little mm. bit And organising them but I'm just not sure that like he was as outstanding as he being made out Martin
3: said as soon as he came back in and was saying trap Michael Nelson in for the first time in what two months or whatever when he'd last played and his words were he's just got to play he's got to play and maybe that speaks volumes about the quality of defenders we had at the squad Mm -hmm. that's what I think can I counterpoint what you were saying about the budget
0: I think if you get someone like Michael Nelson in as a you know when John Nurse was coach and player as well if you get Michael Nelson in as a coach or even assistant manager and player so he actually is a reduction of your budget he 's an amazing signing surely i'm I, so my very poor you know Sunday league level of coaching, you want that sort of thing. You want a player there who who just you can trust fully and you can see Martin Allen trusts him uh, not just as a player but as, as someone to be around the squad. that 's why I keep mentioning it and on that, that reason alone, I actually think Michael nelson 's a big loss. I, I totally get what you 're saying about the playing style Um, because even that, that first game back against it was Grimsby wasn't it his first game back in ages I was there for that game I think
3: was it, what, under it? Martin Allen? Yeah, Mar- yeah, no. Mar- uh, no, Lincoln was Wesley's first game. Martin's first game. Luton. Luton. Luton's Luton's
0: uh, Sorry, second T- game. Sorry, the first game at home. Sorry, the first game at home. Who was
3: that? The crew. Beat someone. Yeah, the crew. I yeah.
0: saw that game, and Michael Nelson kept doing things that seemed wrong in my head. He kept on... When he was one-to-one with the attacker, He instead of standing square uh, like side on, he'd stand square mm. on, but they never got past him. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I thought... Okay, this isn't you know optimal, but he did really well in that game, relatively speaking, for someone who'd been out for so long. And okay, yeah, he was starting to show signs of his age, but I really do think it's gonna be a big loss.
3: He's not he
2: gonna
0: do. get. He's not been signed by mine to play every week, has he?
3: That was exactly.
2: evident from the statement. He's very old. He he's a good bloke. He wins things, etc.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I, I, for that reason, I think you know if if he has been signed as first choice centre back, then I think it's questionable. If he's been yeah. signed to be a backup or a rotation centre back. But he will be a full-time presence around the squad. Yeah, I really yeah. think it's a really good side. I don't
3: do think it could be a big loss, and I think Dan Sweeney will be one of our first-choice centre backs next season. Michael Nelson was a perfect player to have alongside and coaching him through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that regard, well, that's a big. They loss. spoke
2: about
0: it in. Uh,
2: I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is worth saying that the interview we did with Michael Nelson, he spoke very warmly about Dan Sweeney as a centre half, and said that at the beginning of the season, uh, when he was, you know, very much not involved. Uh, Sweeney approached him and, and asked about the possibility of playing centre back for the 23s, and, and they tried it out. And although it wasn't, you know, love at first sight, so to speak, <laughs> they got there in the end, and, and he really, really rates him as a centre half. So that podcast is available on our iTunes and Acast and it's, it's
0: well worth 20 minutes of your time. Yeah, I thought it was good. He's, he's, he's a he's professional, isn't he? He, he can, is. You can hear what he talks, very professional. Well, you had a counterpoint at some point in there, and I kind of talked over you.
1: Yeah, I, I think the crux of it is that you you can only judge how much of a loss Weston and Nelson are by how they're replaced, can't you? So, uh, (coughs) what you're saying about having an experienced um, defender alongside Dan Sweeney, that definitely stands. But of course, if we bring in uh, a 30-year-old defender who can play 46 games in a season and is experienced enough to work alongside Sweeney, then then it doesn't matter that Michael Nelson's gone. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's a... It's a little bit early, I guess, to really make any kind of judgment until we see what comes in, in its place. That's fair. Right.
0: So on on sort of Martin's departure, then, going to do a, a quick one word going round. Well, did you expect him to leave at the end of the season? So it's so the last game of the season. We're all very upset. Um, did you think he was going on that day?
1: No, you thought he was staying. Yeah, I did.
0: Tom, no, I thought he was staying. John exactly. So for me, I thought he was going to stay. Hmm. Okay yeah to be honest I, I had the same thing as well I thought he was saying I mean, let's be honest though when, when you start to announce players being retained and released yeah, he's, <laughs> and he's the he's one bad. driving it should, let's be honest I thought for some weird reason he has signed his contract we've just not announced it you know it just it's bizarre let's be honest
2: well, I true about this at the time because people said if he goes to Chesterfield and signs John Akindi and all our other players I'm going to be really hacked off and then he went and he signed a couple like so this is not one big conspiracy Carlisle did it they knew long before the season was out I think that Keith Curl was going to go but he advised on it because it is better to have a football person who has seen them week in week out day in day out helping make these decisions than it is just the chairman going you can go, you can stay, I have no real, you know, I like him, he does step overs kind of thing, do you know what I mean? So, I don't think it was a, a problem, but I agree with you and I think we all agree that when we saw that, it was very much right, he must be staying because he's shaping the squad he wants to see for next season. So, you have to assume that he thought himself he was going to stay, which makes you want to know, and we don't know quite why, you know, it didn't happen in the end. I-
1: this, just very quickly, there's none of that retained this statement that people keep ignoring though, which is that they talked about who made the decision. Who it, it seemed irrelevant at the time because we assumed Martin mm. was going to stay, but they talked about a panel of people who were mm. making decisions of the contracts. And it was Rossi Ames, um, Martin, Carl Muggleton, and Adrian Whitbread. Yeah, and Danny Sender, I think.
2: Oh, Danny Sender was and, involved. Remember and, and,
1: and so, of course, yeah. You know, at the time, you just think to yourself, well, that's just basically who's around and Martin's really leading the need the mm. show, but now you look back and you go, "Well, potentially, is it just a case of we had to make decisions on contracts? We just got every footballing person in the room to kind of collaborate yeah, and decide who would stay and who and, went." And the
2: thing is, they want the decision. Sorry, to cut you off staff. They want the decision as quickly as possible, don't they? The players, because they need to know where they, you know, where they're
0: standing, yeah. standing, in all of it. So you got to remember that. And I was going to say, there's actually a very, in my opinion, a fairly simple measure here around this table. Do any of us disagree with any of the decisions that were made? and that's like a simple place for us to start so I you know the big one I think is you know Tre- Johnny Kinney's effectively been transfer listed or something to those lines I mean transfer right? list is such
2: a football manager term. yeah. yeah. do you know what I mean it just doesn't actually mean anything wait, if wait. people want to bid him bid, bid him wow good <laughs> if people want to bid for him they'll do it regardless of what we say and we will accept if we think they meet the valuation yeah. transfer listing as a thing is just saying
0: make offers yeah, yeah. we are our ears are open And I'm saying so for me, that's the big one. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that decision actually. I I said to you guys from uh, quite a while into the season that I thought this would be his last season with us because at some point you just do start to
3: stagnate or you know you get a bit familiar or something. Especially with going down as well financially, you you need to. He's obviously going to be the the highest paid player on the books, and the last season going off it wasn't his best, and it's probably the time to, for lack of a better phrase, get rid of him because he's going to take up so much of the budget with his Mm. wages and maybe you could get another two or three players in um well, in in, in that target, technically we have
2: yeah, we have the uh, goals. What I say, we almost don't need a striker, do we? if We're only going to play one up front. Um, you know, I'm saying most teams play like, two. I, I, I would say play was, two. Where was, where was uh, you uh, ask the two. I, I, what
1: what got, I, I just times
3: where it changed. I was going to say most team, direct team, football about target. Most teams play,
2: you know, kind of one these days was what was going on. But fair enough. Okay, we we need a striker. Your actual question at the beginning of all this was:
0: Do we think anything anything wrong with what he started? The only
2: one I would disagreed with probably was. um Given Charlie Clough a free transfer but as it was mine we don't know how is that a you're paid up bugger off or is that a if someone wants you you can speak to them do you know yeah, what I mean that was yeah, left a bit yeah. ambiguous um, he isn't going to be first choice next season regardless but if it's a case of here's some money go away then I think that was cutting your nose off and spotty face mm. but I find it unlikely that, that we would have paid him to mm. go away I would, I would have thought it would be more the if someone comes in then you
3: can just speak to them Well, John Still he's he's been Brought in, and he, he's been said he, can, he has full control over transfers and in and outgoings uh, from top to bottom. I mean, he could come in and just overrule any of those decisions. Anyway. I said he
1: was having meetings with them last week, so I imagine at some point. Well, we'll I think we might it. already be seeing. That. I mean, some of those we still don't have answers on some of the players who are on that list. Yeah, I mean, was Jean Louis? Yeah, Jean Louis Is he gonna? Is he gonna start? Not my suspicion is he probably won't now that Martin's gone yeah Mauro Valetti it looked like that was slipped be, in
2: wasn't it in Martin's final was, statement oh in wow. a really ambiguous way that you know you can now build for a future with Mauro Elliot and someone else wasn't it which oh. ev- everyone including me missed but transpires that it meant that he was
3: actually staying after all actually so, for a while sorry, sorry just out talking for a while. of
0: the statements we've not really touched on a bit of controversy but Michael Nelson was not offered a contract
1: he
3: said yeah Yes, yeah, that's, that's a fair point that he did come out and say he wasn't offer a contract.
1: I, th- I think it's pretty straightforward, wise. I mean, no, I uh, think so. we've Martin Allen; he announces things before they're yeah before they're written, you know, carved into stone, so to speak. And that's Michael Nelson. What he was, what he's saying when he puts that out is, we will be offering Michael Nelson a contract. Um, now, as it turns out. Martin obviously doesn't end up staying as manager, so then we don't offer him one. I don't think it's as complicated as no, people are really making it's out. It's, just it's just not been I must
0: admit, I've been I've been a bit cruel there because I wanted to then raise the flag by going by being clever <laughs> that actually the panel was was a bit of a farce because it was just uh, Martin Allen. That's right. He, brought, he, he, he <laughs> would have
2: taken, You imagine he would have taken their points of view on board and we, then done. What? Well, as you say, at the time we thought he was staying, and he thought he was staying
0: exactly. And the, yeah. but listen, a panel of uh, Martin Allen, Carl Moggleton. Um, Adrian Whitbread Those three Are effectively The same vote yeah. mm. Right So if they leave It's basically Who was less. Rossi Ames was less left Danny Sender So it, and, and I imagine With all due respect To both of them I don't think they would have been Driving the conversation Would they Right It's not Danny Sender's squad He would have been, he would have been Voicing an opinion But he wouldn't have been saying I want this person here
1: I would think they would have been there Primarily To offer advice on the youngsters who are out of contract yeah, exactly. and
0: also six months
2: of that's series. right the
1: players who maybe like someone who was out injured potentially I, I can't think of an example of it but if someone's out injured for a period yeah. of time under like Martins right you know Reign you need to know what they were like beforehand don't you so yeah. they're just an extra extra voice in the but it way. comes back
0: to it all doesn't it that this decision was made on retention you would hope that John Stills got the ability to review the decisions or
1: I mean they're
2: paid until the end of or they're contracted I should say they're not paid until they're contracted until June 30th aren't they yeah. as long as they haven't signed something with someone else then
0: July 31st am I wrong no uh, June, June 30th uh,
2: any FM player knows that
0: my um, <laughs> what a day that is.
2: that's <laughs> best day of the year I am <laughs> um No, as long as they haven't actually physically signed a piece of paper with someone else, then anything can be reversed, can't it? You can say, you're going, but if they're still kicking around and don't know what they're doing and John still comes and goes, actually, I want you they're going to be able to sign aren't they so nothing's lost it's not like all is lost suddenly mm-hmm. and the same with the li- loan listing of players You know, that, again it's a lot of transfers and it's just rubbish isn't it? it's just, are they available or not are you going to listen to loan offers or not yeah mm-hmm. we are did fine. they
3: say in that, that Curtis Weston was a new deal as well or will no, he was it's, in the offers was of yeah he won the offers well was he really? as
2: concrete as that I think it was. they were still talking with him wasn't it I mean, he was one of the ones you know? yeah, it, was, it wasn't as
0: firm as we've offered him one but yeah it, and I think John Jonu was the third one of that group yeah. I think I hope he says but yeah Well, you didn't I didn't get around to you for the question sorry is there any of those decisions that
1: you disagree with <laughs> Um, I, 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 I wouldn't have offered um, Nelson a new contract at all wow so um, but well, that's the only one I wouldn't have it um, <laughs>
0: yeah. didn't happen anyway so it's fine
1: no so it's all planned
0: <laughs> out well I mean
1: John Jonakindy tra- being transferred is really the only thing of real note from that I mean I think most of the um, I suppose there was Ryan Watson going what well, you say I think most Barna fans would say that's probably fair enough Nichols had his contract an option taken up on his contract mm, uh, yeah. I suppose there was an element of controversy there in terms of the way that he he was so out of it at the beginning of the season and then came again but I think that's a good decision and yeah. then a kindy transfer listing I hate to say it but he hasn't really been very good for the last mm. season so I don't really have an issue with that either I, I,
3: I still think that's a financial thing because it was like said, oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, here's wages. We've got to compensate for them somehow because attendances are going to drop, aren't they, being relegated? And it's such a despondent feel around the club after last season that people are probably going to want to stay away for a little while. And John Akinde going will facilitate us getting two or three players in. And by the
2: way, being transfer doesn't mean he's definitely going to go because teams will look at last season's form and go, yeah. well, actually, a little injury problem there, and he was never quite the same. So, is he. You know, is he a worthwhile investment for the money that we're presumably going to be asking for him? So there's no going to say, uh, depart. What well, I would say is Peterborough United to have the policy, don't they, of transferring all their players as soon as they tick over into one year con- of their contract remaining, regardless of whether they want to keep them, mm. because they want to make it known that they don't. Want to lose them for nothing, mm. and you know that extends to players that play every week. So mm. it's it's a, such an aggressive term, isn't it? Transfer listing someone—it's just a little bit meaningless.
0: But, and I actually think I was going to say it actually has significance though, because it just means it just means like you know this player becomes yeah. available. I was going to say on the on the John a. Kindy thing. If we could, you know, as football fans, and we are fans first and foremost, we all kind of rewrite history so often. I think John a. Kindy is a good example of last summer we would never have sold him right because mm. we were trying to push on and this is exactly the reason why and to give the chairman credit in the past when he has taken the money on a player and people criticize him this is exactly why because when the value is up you have to sell mm. um, there's a famous um investor i think it was jack welch used to be this ceo at uh, general motors and he said something like you know people when the confidence is up in the market people want to buy in right but you shouldn't you should be buying low selling high mm-hmm. you know when it looks bad that's when you should be buying in but our nature means that actually when things are good we want to keep it there and you know just to say there will be times in the future when the chairman might sell a, a future prospect for a profit at a time, and people will criticise. But this is the risk you run. It could have gone the other way. Johnny Kinney could have had an amazing season. We could have had an amazing season with John a Tar- uh, David Har- <laughs> John Tar, John Tarpy Tar- 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 as, our, as our front pairing, and it could have gone great. And we would have been like, "What a great decision not to sell." But it went this way, and you know, it's just worth bearing in mind that it can go this way.
2: There's also no rush because we're going into a league where there's no transfer window, and obviously it would be in you know not ideal to sell to someone in the same division as us. But conceivably, if no offers come in and he has a great first couple of months, one of the big boys—I don't really know who financially could afford it in the conference—but pers- you know, there could be someone. They will go, "Oh, he looks like he's doing good. He's available." Bosh, there you go, done. So you know, there's no great rush
0: in that respect either, is there? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, right I think anything else I might not actually any other business Will Tom Jonathan any other business
3: on uh... Uh, no, no, no. No, no
0: right then so a little break and uh, the final finish off with the Q&A
2: thanks for listening to the Officers Club podcast remember you can follow us on Twitter at Barnett underscore podcast or visit our website www.officersclubpod.com Uh, welcome back. We, in anticipation of today, asked for your questions on all matters Barnet FC and we got a really good response as usual. Very varied selection of questions. So we've selected a few and just going to ask the rest of the panel some now uh, on Martin Allen and John Still. So we'll start with you, Will. Joe Ferris asks, would you like to see John Still build a team around the talents of Jack Taylor, giving him a free reign in midfield
1: or is he not yet ready for that responsibility? I'm not sure he's ready for that. I, mean, I I think I think it will actually help him play at a, at a slightly lower level because I think that in pure, in terms of pure technical ability and vision, he's probably got all the attributes to succeed. But he always kind of he seemed to get a bit lost in the midfield as the season went on, and he? he seemed maybe a little bit lightweight. I don't know. I'm not sure that he's got enough about himself to to kind of impose his play on the game yet and really be the the key point that you build a team round but I do think that next year will be a really good good learning opportunity for him and I would imagine we'll see more of him you know, playing than we did towards the end of last season I prefer him playing play him in the number 10 position I think he's really
3: really good there and I think he could be the type of person maybe towards, maybe the season after he could start to build a team around him but I agree with you saying that next season could be a real learning curve for him to learn the physical aspects of the game as well
2: yeah, I would go along with that. I actually quite like him as number ten, sort of mm-hmm. linking the player, then you can have people behind him doing the scurrying around he's and not kicking people. That's it, yeah, exactly. He's not a tackler and he's very lithe, isn't he? He's very slim kind of
0: He does put himself about though.
2: He, but he tries, yeah. but he's not the presence that a Curtis Weston
0: is, I think, isn't yeah, it? It be controversial I think he's gonna be a box to box man. Really? No, he's, no. Not. he's definitely not.
3: It
1: yeah, won't well, because he doesn't have any stamina whatsoever. Like I mean his stamina is for a young player. Mm. And I'd, I'd actually say it's, it's an odd quirk that I'd apply this to him and Harry Taylor where they yeah. both um, they just don't have the, they, they fade after about 60 minutes and you can see they, they're really kind of they look exhausted right and I, that's why I think like I, I know what you're saying Stathy, in the sense that he's he's probably got the right attributes in terms of being a good tackler and being a good ball player to be box to do, but I just don't know if he's got the energy to get between them as much mm. it's another
3: aspect that Jack needs to learn as well how to impact the game as a substitute because too many times last season when he was on the bench and brought on he was very ineffective, but when he starts a game, especially in the number 10 position, it's Martin McGee that actually decides to put him that he was, he was really good. From yeah. The start. He was really good. I quite liked I saw. Uh,
2: another one here from Dave Merck. Uh, Jonathan, did we make a suitable effort to keep Curtis Weston? And do you think Alan is circling around any contracted players?
3: Uh, did we make any suitable effort to keep Curtis Weston? I We've probably covered that, actually. Probably, yeah, <laughs> we spoke about that at length earlier on. Um, I don't know what the ins and outs are behind, this, behind closed doors, but we've basically covered that. I'll ask the uh, question earlier on, didn't we, really? Um, what's the other half to it? Is mine
2: after any other players of ours, do you reckon?
3: Or should he be? Will he be? Should he be, be after any players of ours? The only players he's going to be interested in are the ones that will be available on free. I'm sure I don't think he's going to be wanting to pay any money uh, to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We Sounds like a for, yeah. Yeah. That maybe I I, I have a sneaky suspicion that he he quite like the look of James Stevens on free transfer, but I mean, I'm mm, saying exactly that to you guys earlier on and you guys were saying maybe not, but that was not
0: Fair enough. Uh what I can say towards the if we've not got rid of Johnny Kindy, got rid of if we've not sold Johnny Kindy by late on I can see He's slapping a cheeky vid in. His yeah, mouth. He's, he's using the Christian Dennis money to stick. A John Kindy's best manager was was Martin Allen. I
3: yeah,
1: think that that, works. That is, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely. But John, John Kindy's money probably won't be the main reason why he wants to leave Barnum because he's actually on quite. A, yeah, he's got. He's as far it's as, as sport, so sport, I understand. John
0: Kindy's not motivated to leave.
1: No, but if he wants to go, it'll be because he wants to play at a higher level. Like, I don't see how going to Chester oh, yeah, would he's, really. He's, he's quite. That's what I mean. Time. That's what I mean.
0: If it's End of season, there's actually been no real interest. But then no, wouldn't we need to
1: stay at VAR. And left where
0: well, like, So and that's and essentially because you have to take a mandatory twenty percent pay cut, don't you, for when you drop down the division? Isn't as long that? That
3: in his contract. In it? It?
0: No, no, it's, it's mandatory for the. I the don't think so. Is it? Yeah, fell. There's like a. There is a percentage. Of rich. Rich?
2: No, this is
3: news to right? me. I would well, have thought so because there's enough clubs that go out in football
1: league and never return because of finance. I mean, regardless, there would have been something if if it's So
0: if you can go and just earn your old salary. But a level below, playing from energy, like I mean, that's what just all I was saying here is I, I think there's something in there. If John hasn't moved very late on, Martin's going to try and do something.
3: i try tried. I don't know if someone would want to move because I know he's quite settled here.
1: He's just had a kid as well. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I yeah. He's
3: just got a kid and a house. And I would.
1: Yeah. I, I suspect enough Luton will be the one. I couldn't know. I've got no no factual yeah, evidence for a The fact that they were kind of interested. Yeah, they bad, uh, yeah. Yeah, at, at Christmas time. I could just see that's the kind of like good location mm. for him. It's not a really big league club. Is Liverpool a good location for any human being? That's a very good point <laughs> In terms of club Commutable, wise, <laughs> let's go with that. a good club, but I don't know if John McKee would make that step up to League One now. That's the
3: thing. I don't, I don't think Liverpool would. There's a big question mark over that,
2: isn't there? Definitely. He's yeah. only exactly ever properly done it in League Two. Um, from Spazzy Paddy for you, Staffy. How much hatred should and would be shown towards Martin Allen when we play
0: Chesterfield this season? Um, I don't think he's gonna get a lot of hatred. I no, think it's, it's, it's weird. I remember, was it like the third time he left when he left with his own volition after keeping us up? Yeah, there was a lot of hatred then. Uh, but I think now it's just kind of become a bit of a joke, really. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, just everyone knows mine's gonna come. Let's be honest. There's no know. point hating
1: on someone who's gonna be back with he's, he's three had, years he's, anyway. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. be back. He doesn't, I don't think he's done anything wrong. No. As far well as I can see, he's come in. He's agreed a short-term contract. He's seen out his contract, and he's gone. Now, the, the, the previous instance when he went to, I mean, Eastley, but more so when he first went to Brentford, he left us on the, you know, on the brink of the playoffs, mm. it was a really crucial time, that he got a lot of, a lot of hatred then, and it kind of felt like we'd given him his first crack in management, and then he'd, he'd screwed us over a little bit. Well, like this, this situation feels very different, like, I, I don't see why anyone That's should really be criticising him. No. Mm.
3: I thought you should just be full of respect for the man really for what he's done for this club
0: don't get me wrong there will be some fans Probably, there's, there's always who a minority who are, you know, are foaming at the mouth but i say in general I don't think there's a lot of pay for him. no uh,
2: John Kennedy and Josh Pozzanjani asked the same question effectively which is are we going to sign anybody ever before the transfer window I'll answer that one just to say there is no transfer window in the conference, yay, so it should be fun and games all round so you can sign people when you want up until about six weeks before the end of the season or something, isn't it? There's, there is that old Easter, yeah, kind of March time cut off, but uh, there's no rush, although it would be exciting to see some people, we think, or we've been told there's three signed already, I think, including the goalkeeper. There's going to be some. So there so will be some It's the still very nice. early, isn't it? Just because big clubs are getting stuff done with the World Cup in mind. You know, I don't think that's gonna affect us unless we're after any Panamanians. There's
3: a lot of uh, rules. There's a lot of rules around these things as well. You can yeah, send the contract before you can announce them
1: as well. Exactly, we'll, so we'll like, end up paying someone's wage yeah. otherwise, won't we? Well this is the thing I if I could just nip on this. Go, question. go, go. Because this is one of my kind of pet pet peeves, which is people who really bash the club for not acting until late late on when there was a transfer window. And yeah, you know, the reality is that for starters, a lot of the deals are done early and can't be announced till later because we want to make sure the players get their final month's mm. paycheck from their previous clubs. But also, Barnet are not the biggest fish in the pond and most, cl- most players, experienced players, they don't want to come play for Barnet. What they want to do is play for a team that's bigger. And so when it gets to the final weeks of the window, that's when suddenly your Lee hooks and... Jamal, Campbell, Rice type Mm. players who've played at higher levels would probably be demanding higher wages and bigger clubs. Suddenly they look around and go, I don't have a team now, I need to get a side for the end of the season and they join. So, you know, you can criticise, a lot of people are very critical of the club for that, Mm. but that's how we pick up those players at the end who wouldn't normally be able to join us. Yeah,
0: I I, I agree with that. Sorry, I'm going to nip in on this question as well. Um, I agree with that and I think it is notable that, you know, it works out well for the chairman to do that as well. I just think, unfortunately, It's like a habit, you know, if you pick up a bargain every year from the bargain basement, you then you can't start exclusively shopping in the bargain basement. And I think that's the problem because, you know, it can be good to have a a decent, balanced squad and then pick up a Lee Cook and be like, well, that's enhanced one position already. But you can't leave that, you know, you can't leave a defensive midfielder blank, for example, and then say, like, we'll pick one up from the bargain basement because... You know, there's no guarantees. There's a there's a, a bargain defensive midfielder in there. You know, no, that's, the right a
1: fair, that's a fair point. Actually, yeah. I think you've got a.
0: We do rely on it too much, in my opinion.
1: In a, it, it's certainly in that example. Like, you know, you, you're probably going to carry two defensive midfielders in a squad. I think we, you're probably right. What you should be doing is having one of them lined up, so you know you've got one real quality player, and then the second one, and that's when you you supplement it with a, a cheaper player, not a cheaper player. A, a player becomes available at the end.
0: Yeah, mm. you know, you, you, in my opinion, you should have like a, you should have a conference first eleven at least, obviously. And if a League Two bargain pops up, then bang, you sign them up. Two other points worth noting as well: it's
2: only five subs in the conference, so you automatically need a smaller squad. And mm-hmm. secondly, um, loan players are back, pretty much, aren't they? We haven't loaned anyone for ages, off the top of my head. Certainly, no one has done well for us. So they tend to become Available later on Don't they Once it's become apparent Other things aren't Going to happen for them So I loans, imagine
0: Loans are like this This myth Because like you just said When have we loaned A player who actually Turned good uh, the we're, one, we're I mean the, the I trio, of, the trio, the trio of
2: January ones Were crap weren't they yeah. oh, Sorry Do you, do you mean wasn't... ever Or do you mean
1: In general, in general like, I, mean, I
0: think
2: we,
1: we, know, was last, I mean I would say last, last one we had Was just Clark
3: Yeah
1: Yannick Palastri did All
3: right,
0: yeah, yeah, okay. So, what all that's right, two. Players mentioned, how long was Yannick Velassing like 10 years? Yeah, but maybe? that's
1: but that's because they're the ones who stand out as being the start of players. But I'm sure we've had plenty of players on loan who've gone on to did become we? like decent league one champions. Yeah, 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 but I don't no, care what
0: they became, I care like how good was a loan. Con- oh, oh, you mean players. at the
1: time? So.
3: Yeah, like, yeah Connor Clifford was a good one. We I was talking about this earlier with no, Sam. Oh, possible. the keepers
2: yeah. were the ones we saw. We signed a lot yeah. of keepers under Rossi and oh, Henry, didn't we? When we had
3: injuries, they were injured. Yeah, it's different. one of them who, um. Uh, uh, went for a tinkle on the pitch while well, playing for Salt now. So my Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But that, my point was as as a transfer
0: strategy because we're kind of talking about a transfer strategy here. Where everyone talks about you know the, trans- the loans are still available. We can loan players now, but how often do we actually loan a player who who was you know mm. good enough? Sorry, I
1: misunderstood you. Score. I agree with you. I think it's a, a really poor strategy. For a mis- you, you don't know. add any bit well, value to your when,
3: when you uh, loan players, especially in the conference. They're normally only on. About four games, aren't they? They're, no, they're never going to have that much of an impact to say they're they're so good.
0: Yeah, but that's, but people talk about people like reference it as in like you know we can always just dip into the loan market. Mm. Well, yeah, we can, but when when has that ever worked? Well, no, I think I, it will probably work quite well in the
2: conference. We'll get off this in a minute.
0: <laughs> was it's was a good, good question. <laughs>
2: uh, it was a good question. We'll get, in the conference, I think it works because like last year, uh, Bonds and Gallo went back today going ribbish, didn't they? Because he was at someone. No, sorry. He was tagging on Redbridge and he went to Lane Orient. He wasn't really playing and you know he's a good player and he comes in and makes that short-term mm-hmm. impact there. That's almost better to get someone who they don't want to sell... Who you can get on a short term basis to get some minutes into them, than someone who's of dubious quality, but cause they therefore want rid of him. But you can have him for a season. Do you know what I mean? I've made a bit of a hash for
0: explaining no, one, I get but that but do you I see what it. I'm saying? But, but I so. mean again, that's when have Barnett done that, that's rare. That's what I'm um, yeah, yeah. Um, We
3: did make some good signs some loan in the in the conference winning year that go missed, such as David Hunt. I think that our was a Sort of success. He did his ride. job,
2: didn't he? James um, Striker. David Hunt.
0: you mentioned him a couple
2: of times. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a really
3: clever signing because he was, it was it went right under the radar and everyone. It, like, he basically just out, got, got yeah. panned for not being a right back didn't he yeah but he wasn't it was
2: he, was he was a midfielder, midfielder. Yeah. yeah he was a midfielder <laughs> okay moving on
3: <laughs>
2: moving on how, it's not easy to keep these short is it? <laughs> it's not uh, there's a really good question actually from Lucas how different will non-league be compared to league 2 do all the players have that kind of fight in them I think all players have fight in them regardless of professional problem. but how different will non-league be uh, to League Two. Martin Allen was at Payne State League you know, it's another it's just a name, it's the same, it's an extension of the football league. Mm. Is that right? Is that wrong? There are a lot of myths about crap pitches, crap players, direct football. Uh, you're all gonna to want to say something on this, so I'll start with Will. Sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> no,
1: Constantly trotted out this idea that there's nothing between League Two and, and, and the National League. <laughs> you hear it every time there's the FA Cup first round. Yeah. Someone, you know, National League team draws at uh, League Two, so they go, "Oh, it's, you know, there's no difference." There's plenty of difference. Like for starters, you're not going up against the players at the Welling United, Nuneaton Town quality who are frankly they're significantly lower in quality than the teams at the top it's, it's, it's a very polarised league right? You yeah. it, once you've got to League 2 you don't have that it's pretty, there's a kind of higher standard throughout I think and it always seems to me that the defences are the are the real difference Like, whenever we've stepped up from the National League to League 2 the players like John Akinney who could just bully defences mm. left, right and centre suddenly you find that even when you're up against the team that's bottom second bottom of the division you can't do that anymore like this. There's a, I, I can't really put my finger on what it is but it just feels like across the board defensively the stands are much higher in League 2 than the National League
2: yeah I would go along with that I think that was a big thing after promotion last time wasn't it that it took us a few
0: games to work out how to break teams down we were really struggling for goals at the beginning of that 15-16 season Staffy um, I'm actually going to touch on like Will said give a shout out to Bee's Pod and I say that something that Mem and I disagree on, I think Mem's, I could be misquoting him completely now, so Mem, tweet me if I'm wrong, but I think Mem says that he doesn't think there's a big difference between the quality of goalkeepers as you go down the leagues. And I think the complete opposite. For me, goalkeepers fall off a cliff uh, the further down the league you go. So I think there are differences between League Two and the Conference. Um, so, kind of in agreement with Will, there are areas that change. Um, and I do think the league itself is very different from top to bottom in the Conference. Um, I think though, even if you split it, even if it became two divisions, I think because it's only two positions go up, mm. I think it's still a very competitive little mini league in there because That's it's nice. just so small to the you know, the window to get back up is so small. Um, but I do think again. If you talk about League Two, the top teams of League Two can bully the bottom teams of League Two as well. I think it happens everywhere. Mm. I think I think if you look, if you look, we're just so used to being bullied in League Two, and being <laughs> the bullies in the conference, we feel we are like it's so different. But I think the the top teams in League Two would say the same thing about us. I think people get kind
2: of confused or carried away with the difference between the gap between League. Two and the conference being non-existent and it closing I think it's closing because you see teams that come up and do well but I think you're right the teams that come up and do well of course they come up and do well because they've been significantly better than the small teams Mm -hmm. in the National League and there's a big difference between those part-timers and everyone else not that there are many part-timers anymore that's an oft perpetuated myth that isn't was well, is a myth I think Borum Wood are one of the few now aren't there there yeah. aren't many in there yes, yeah, and they right. and obviously just got to the playoff final and were very unlucky so that's the one point I wanted to make oh sorry <laughs> Well, the point.
3: So,
2: so, <laughs> how much of advantage does that give us then well, that you, we're going to be going down full time
3: you look at when we were playing in there it's just reiterating the point that you guys have just made but you look at when we were then t- up uh, last time and I remember going away to altering them it might have been part time at the time and we, within 30 seconds we'd won a penalty and they'd had a man sent off and we just bullied them for the whole game having a pat strike like Johnny Kinday it just did wonders for us you just need to sign some players of relative quality and technical ability and they're going to waltz past these teams that are so called part timers um, there are we are a big fish in a, in a small pond now in that league aren't we
1: if you don't mind me cutting in for yeah, a second sorry. because you're right about it. I mean like stuff you were saying about the way that big teams bully us in League 2 but you, there's nothing there's no quite I don't think there's an equivalent in League 2 of like when we played Welling United at home we beat them 5-0 mm. uh, yeah, we just played those teams right at the bottom who are clearly part-timers and you can if you get it right on the day, you can just absolutely thump them and I don't feel like when we go up against teams near the top end of League 2 that we're just decimated but to quite the same level that we that, that the big teams often do is the ones at the bottom of the national league. Uh, maybe that's a matter of opinion, but I just never thought it's quite as drastic. Mm. We
3: also, I mean, my aunt used to say all the time when we were in there, we, we were top of the table at the time, but we're, as I said, we we're a big, big fish in a small pond. We mm. are there to be shot at by a lot of the mm. big teams in that league, but small teams, in our opinion, like someone like Dover. I mean, they're a big team in that league, but they never really achieved much in the football. League, if they've their opinion, you know, I don't know, but they're, they're going to be a team that are going to come to and awesome. if we don't have the necessary quality then we could be embarrassed for a lack of a better word yeah
2: um, on the subject then of um, of players and John Akindi in particular got mentioned Josh Porzant and Johnny sorry Josh terrible pronunciation i got it better the first time how much do you think Akindi would go for I just want to figure no rationale Jonathan
3: uh, last summer <laughs> I, I said no rationale <laughs> 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 Alright, now go on yeah. quickly. Last summer, I think we would have expected close to a million or whatever like that. Or a 6 a bit, but 750 or something like that, I would have hoped. His face, his face is going on. <laughs> but now I'm. I, I, I'd be happy with
1: like 250. now God, Bloody hell. 250? I don't think you'll go for more than I think you'll be pushing no. it to get more than 100. Maybe 100, Oh, right. 100. I thought wow. you were saying that was low. I thought I, th- I was to say 150. For me. 150 would be about I would say yeah, that's a really pretty okay. fair number. I'm, I'm
0: living I, in pie in the skyline. I'm <laughs> saying 500. I don't think oh, I don't think you, you, don't don't think you understand I, right, if it might I know said the rationale but for me the uh the gap the season he's had the gap he's had it's, it's
2: really mm. it's amazing what one different one season makes in terms of the difference, isn't differences Nick, cause he's got a body of work of three excellent seasons before that where he scored 60 yeah, odd good. goals one season with four goals, nice. on his yes, goals. that's, that's
3: <laughs> 25% of that body of work though no, I, I do know last summer we were coming towards the end of the transfer window and a lot of people were saying he's still there he's still there what's he going on the, on the deadline day or whatever like that and the big fear was that there's going to be a championship club who And one of their main Mm. strikers gets injured or whatever like that or if they're really struggling then they're going to go for John Akinda who's got a good goalscoring record a few divisions below and they're going to pay over the odds for him that's why I was saying they're going to try and push for a lot close to a million or whatever like that but I do think he's dropped off quite a bit Uh, in value
2: I'm clearly living in cloud cuckoo land so 250
3: last last year contract as well okay
2: fine yeah alright 20 grand. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> 250 Staffy, <laughs> 100 150 <laughs> 150 sorry 150, and Will will we'll say, say 150 alright yeah I'm probably being a bit optimistic aren't oh. I
3: sorry lads um, when was the last time someone moved
0: I mean it does happen but when was Dougie the last
3: time someone moved Dougie Freeman the highest ever transfer that's, 800, that's 800, 000. the I really yeah. like,
0: I'll say the conference. last time someone moved at the conference for like
2: 500 grand um, the these? geezer went, Lee Gregory went to it for quite a bit didn't he two or Jeremy three every season for a it's not the. there's an issue those are the kind of Ones that are up up and coming almost, exactly, isn't it? Rather, rather
1: than I'm he mobile over the oh, yeah, where he went, he went for a good price, isn't it? It's, 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 it's this this hat trick of things. You can't it's that one, he's he's dropped off in form massively and mm. that, that can't be underestimated. Two, he's about to hit thirty or he's pretty close yeah. to it. Yeah, so he's actually up, he's actually old. I mean like in football league terms that is pretty mm. old. <coughs> We've also dropped down to the National League, so some of you can't always command the same fee that you could when you're in the football league. Um and he's in the last year's contract mm. now that that combination I mean I think back to players that had left Barnet before who okay maybe they weren't quite as good as Johnny Kindi at his peak but they were good players and you kind of assume they go for a lot of money and then when it got down to it and they got to the last year you know the, the money isn't really what you think at all and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it is something around the 100,000 mark I think even if you, if you get six figures I think we could be Quite pleased with it, with all the with all those factors yeah, in one. There, yeah. know.
2: No, you're right. Though, you're really right. The big is,
0: reality there. So the, the big deal from the conference is the player's young. He's had, he's in the middle of a great season, and everything's ahead of him. That's that's that, and it doesn't tick any of those boxes. Yeah, true. Good, good,
2: good. Summing up, lads, better than mine. Um, <laughs> Ian Elliott. What positions do we need to fill? I reckon goalkeeper, centre half times two, two midfielders, one of which needs to be a creative, goal scorer, a winger,
3: and maybe another forward. I was thinking about this during the week. Yeah. And I, I was telling you I think we need about nine or ten new signings I was saying that we need he's laughing now. No, I hope we do. I hope we do. <laughs> 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 the <manages stuff> <laughs> oh my god. But um, well, this I can still imagine there'd be a few more of our players that don't want to be in the National League, they wanna leave. But um I I was saying we need two goalkeepers. Khan Kizilal doesn't. Stand out as someone who's going to be a good goalkeeper, but then you'd, you'd look back and we had Graham Stack and Sam Cowler um, as our backup to him. I don't think but we signed another keeper. Uh, maybe not. I mean, we got yeah. I think we we're, we're, we definitely need a new goalkeeper for sure. Two centre halves for definite. Two central midfielders because I think the last season we only really had quality of one in uh, Curtis. Everyone else is not up to scratch. And then Dave Tarpy will be like a new signing himself. But we need a new target man as well, and possibly one or two players out wide. So we do need
1: a lot of new players, I'd say. Yeah, I must admit, I just laughed at you when you, well, not laughed at you, but I kind of, with the idea of us going out and getting that many players, I was thinking to myself, well, that doesn't necessarily seem too realistic. But as you went through that list and you think about it, you think to yourself, oh, they start to add up you do probably need two central. Yeah, backs don't. you probably do need two central hoods. by the time you're you getting to seven as a kind of minimum aren't you and then yeah. you're probably going to want a couple above that yes. I could see a lot of additions coming. I think the only
3: position we're actually steady in that we, I wouldn't say we don't necessarily need to go out and improve is probably fullback. that's it yeah we're set at full back aren't yeah. we
2: um, I do Richard Brittany stays the Schumann-Richard mm-hmm. signed a 2 year deal unfortunately for him didn't he so <laughs> um, I think he uh, I think yeah I was just looking at the squad list on my phone just to kind of think who, who actually is here we've got a massive squad but when you look at it there are question marks against a lot of them basically still aren't there but yeah are they good enough are they going to stay because of their contract situation are they going to be loaned out etc etc so I think yeah probably actually do need quite a few goalkeepers are pressing issues to say we, th- we think we've signed one uh, we're probably going to need another striker, at least one as I'm we gonna touch on. John gonna go That's it. If you count John out of it and John Lukaku, then you've only got Tarpey and Shaq uh, and Nico. Is he going to play out front or is he going to play as a wide man? That you know, a lot hinges on that. Mauro's fitness after the injury or recovery time. fitness. A lot of hinges on that. Akinola, Akinola yeah. ditto. And then you're and then you're down to a lot of a lot of the youngsters. And then there are weird signings, aren't there? Like M- Malaki, Mal- Malachi Mars. Malachi, like what the bloody hell's has happened to him is he going to be anywhere near he it Fouad Soull right. what, what the bloody hell has to do with him and then youngsters like Ephraim Mason Clark where, where has he been Martin loved him didn't he and had I'd him like involved to, I'd like to see him but yeah, he's been way games. way out of the picture so I think it's interesting I'm going to put a depth chart as it stands that I've been making on Canva on uh, on uh, our Twitter, and you can all send me your thoughts because oh, it really interests me plotting who and what we need. This and, and here's another one: the perpetual from Naya Shemerton question. What, you know, where is he? What is he doing? Didn't he sign
0: a new deal? Yeah. Or didn't one, one of them one? get released? One of the.
2: the I think Justin. I think Justin's off, isn't he? And then and Nana was one of the ones that no reference was made to in the. I guess a lot of these questions. I've just monopolised this answer now but a lot of these questions will be answered when we hear from John Still about what his plans are yeah. and who he's agreed things with But uh, in the
0: same way that Will went and worked out every single possible result factors at the end of the season and monopolised that discussion this is what you do and I want the listeners to know oh yeah. you frequently make depth charts and send yeah. them through to us Yeah, I do. Canva's installing very slowly on my iPad, so I might even be able to bring up what
2: I'd thought before the end of the show, which is a treat for everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, There's only a couple of questions left, but I was just going to wrap up with the last good one which was <laughs> no, no, Sorry, that's,
0: right.
2: dig that's a dig here alright the two which I, didn't, I wasn't going to make a feature of are do you think we'll double dip into the conference south Ben Resnick unless anyone thinks we will I'm going to skip over that no, and no. say Ben have some more positivity mate it's all going to be okay and the other one from John Lewis which is a very pertinent question why do you think Martin Allen wasn't uh, willing to agree a new contract to boss I think we've probably discussed that and it comes down to money and all the other kind of craziness that is associated with Barnet and, and you know the project on offer at Chesterfield. So the final one that I was going to make a feature of and get your opinion on which is a very interesting question to me, what will happen to the academy if we go down? I actually think not a lot will change because it is a good source of income for us in terms of it only takes one or two sales and it's probably paid for itself I believe Views, and will I'm going to add to uh Anthony Sorry's question there will we see maybe a few players coming through it with the smaller squad that we're likely to carry and the fact that uh you know the budget is probably going to be um
1: affected by relegation I believe that the academy funding now is like ring fenced so you don't lose you don't lose it when you drop out of the, yeah, I, of the say, I the parachute
0: payments that. you mentioned before that we get sorry Will mentioned before you, we have secured for the next two years I believe a lot of that money is, is sort of guaranteed towards the academy as far as I understand it I d- I've not read books on this it's not, no, like, you're, I'm not, you're not, right, not it's an fine. authority on I this I did it's not know that
1: alright there you go so yeah we, we, we got rid we got rid of it last time we went down that yeah. obviously won't happen this time um, in terms of players coming out of it I mean I'm not I'm not too au with the quality of players coming through. No. But my understanding know. is that the, I believe maybe there's not quite as much quality in there as there was in those few years we saw loads of players come through. Mm. Um, so I don't imagine we're going to see a lot of like new youngsters that burst onto the scene. I think what's more likely is those ones who've been on the fringes, if we just yeah. see little bits of, potentially one or two of those could finally make a mark on the first team.
2: Yeah, I think the Benjis and from Nia Nana, Dwight Pascal, that kind of uh, that kind of mob.
3: Efron's the one I'd
2: like. Efron, of course, yeah. Okay, that is it for questions. Thank you very much for your interaction. If you do have any others off the back of that or over the summer, send them in, and we will answer them when pertinent. Danielia Curso sent a couple of questions in kind of pertaining to his career in journalism will endeavour to send you proper responses on Twitter or something
0: Daniele, but thank you for sending those in you'll probably respond by the time he hears this pod actually probably so <laughs> excellent are we all done here any business Will?
1: no hopefully.
2: Tom? download and listen to the Michael Nelson interview it's available on Acast and iTunes and keep your fingers on the subscribe button because as well as this excellent content we've got interviews with Jamie Stevens, who is a bloody nice guy, and a very good interview as well. We were all pleased with how that one went, and Carl Bates, which will leads me to tell leads us to believe, is also a very good interview. He is, of course, Jonathan's predecessor predecessor uh, in the commentary duties of Barnet, and he's got a lot of good stories and memories to regale us with. So that will be an excellent listen as well.
0: Jamie if you're listening to this I'm willing to bin these three just for you it was a really good interview thanks bye <laughs>
2: <laughs> he means
3: that as well he's said that more than once now <laughs> sounds slightly romantic I, guess,
0: anyway. <laughs> I just want to be Jamie's friend. that's all I want uh, Jonathan any other business from you?
3: no uh, follow me on Twitter I've said it enough times now um, yeah cool Uh, right
0: we're gonna end this pod and then basically have a little break and then record another pod anyway so thanks for listening and catch you all fairly shortly-ish in your eardrum places